All right, everyone. If you don't mind, grab your worship guide, and uh, we will spend a little time in the scriptures this morning. Um, they knew that they were going to give, I was going to have about uh, 12 to 15 minutes this morning. Right now, I'm, I have seven minutes. So it's either I'm going to cut a ton of stuff out or I'll go at twice the speed. You pick. So it's like twice the speed. Yeah. So I'll just read it real, real fast. I, I do think it's important for us to just to pause and to read some scripture and just realize, uh, y'all, this is, uh, this is Mother's Day. And what mothers need, what parents need more than anything is the Word of God and to see how the Word of God really makes an impact on our lives. And so today, um, just in a sh few short minutes, I need you to know, today is not just a, a Mother's Day message. This is aimed right at parents, um, because parenting really is a hard thing. Amen? Like, parenting is hard. Amen? Parenting is hard. Okay, so maybe it's easy for you guys. <laughs> just maybe. But it's hard, right? I mean, you look at your children at toddlers, and they won't sit still. And you're like, Ugh, Benadryl or whiskey? I don't know, but something just to go. And then they grow up to be middle schoolers, and they start talking back. And then you're like, okay, there's nothing for that stage. And then they become teenagers and driving. I mean, parenting really, really, really is hard as a confession of a parent with, with like kids in all of these ages. I'm, I'm turning gray and my hair's falling out, not because of y'all. I kept blaming it on you guys. I like church planting is making me shorter, balder, and grayer. And so now I'm blaming it on my children. So I'm not taking any responsibility for any of those things because parenting really is a hard thing. The 21st century is just incredibly cruel. I mean, so there's just an influx of bullying. Like, I don't even know what's going on with the bullying culture, but just diminishing children to make them feel like they're worthless. And we've got to parent through that. There's terrorism. Like, I grew up and I was afraid of MTV or something, or like, like Leonard Skin. Like, I, I, those are just mild in comparison of like terrorism, or like there's this thing called like cryptocurrency. I don't even know what that means, but that's the world that is, they are about to walk into, and we have to parent them and prepare them for that kind of world, and it's really, really hard. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, as parents, like, we know that our job is to, like, give them some kind of, like, nurturing environment, and that's super, super important. And it's our job not just to nurture them and make sure that they feel worthwhile and full of dignity, but it's our job to protect them in a real and just a real and a tangible way because we're bigger and we're stronger and we've seen the world. So not just like keep them safe, right? But just to almost to guide them in the ways of the world and those kinds of things. But the number one job as a parent this morning is for you to be the primary disciple maker of your children. So more than nurture and more than protection, your number one call as a parent is to be the lead, the soul, the primary disciple maker of your children. It's your job to show them Jesus. It's your job to bring out a dusty Bible and say, let's just go there for answers. 
It's your job to be the disciple makers of your children. The church is amazing. I love Redstone Church. I love that, you know, what they are able to get here. Like, I love that they are in Camp Redstone right now, learning from the Bible in a way that is palatable to them. I love what is going on in our youth group right now. And people are, I mean, these children are coming to know Jesus in a real and a personal way. And we're seeing baptism. I mean, it really is amazing. I love what's going on at the well and at the river and just these, these college ministries. However, those things back there and out there, they're nothing compared to the influence that you will have over your children. So do not pawn off the most important job and the, most, the primary moment of your life. Don't pawn that off to other people. You take that and you own it. For parents, the number one job, the primary job of you, of, of, that God has called you to, is to disciple your children. And that scares us to death. And so that's why we just lean on the scriptures. We'll read it very quickly, very quickly. We'll read this together, and we'll just kind of see what God has in store for parents. And so this is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says this, now this is the commandment. This, uh, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules. And I just need to point you back to chapter 5 and chapter 4. And what is going on here is the fact that, that Jesus, or sorry, God, had just given Moses the Ten Commandments. All right, so this is what is happening here in, in, in uh, verse 1. Now this is the commandment. The statutes and the rules that the Lord God commanded me to teach you that you, uh, that you may go do them in the land in which you are going over to possess it. All right, so this is Moses talking to Israel. God has given it to me so that I could teach it to you so that you may go and that you may obey these things, that you may keep these things. Verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God. And here's where the, this is where the strong statement, it is your job. Parents, your number one, your primary job is to disciple your children so that you personally, it may be real in you, that you may fear the Lord your God. And here's where the job description comes. You, it's personal. And your son, those are your kids, and your son's sons. For three generations, is personal, is to your kids, is to your grandkids. Or another way to see it as from now until the time that you die, you will have one job to point your kids and your grandkids and yourself to Jesus Christ. This is our jobs. You, your son and your son's sons, by keeping all of his statutes and his commandments, which I have commanded you all the days of your life. So that, and there's blessings here. There really is, there's rewards here that your days may be long. These are great things. Hear, therefore, the whole community. Hear, therefore, O Israel, the community of faith. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to what? To do them, to keep my commandments, that it may go well with you. There it is again. That, it may, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing of milk and honey. And then today's passage. Hear, O Israel, both the community of faith and make it really, really personal. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. 
And these words I command to you today shall be on your heart. Point number one that you need to know is that it's personal. Your very first job as a parent, your very first job as an individual, a parent, or a grandparent is for you to love God unconditionally. There's two, two things that you need to know about this, this passage. One is the word all is repeated over and over and over with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your might. This is all-encompassing. So for you as a disciple maker, the number one role for you is for you to make it very intentional. Like you have to intentionally have a walk with Jesus. Before you give anything away, you have to walk with him with all your heart, soul, and might. And so this all is all-encompassing. And the second is that all of these personal pronouns that you singularly, before you expand it to anyone else, you personally have to own your spiritual walk. And so it's internal. It's intentional. Your walk, before you're able to give anything away, it has to be personal. It's got to be relational. It's got to be right here into the core of who you are. And it's got to affect everything. And so if you're a parent in here, right, that's like standard number one. Is it real in me? Is it true for me and in me before I'm able to do anything else? That's what I have to do. However, as parents, if the number one role for you is just to be godly or just to be spiritual or just that, that Christianity has made an impact on you, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a chance that you're going to grow what we call around here spiritually obese. Because all you're doing is you're feeding yourself. And you're making sure that you're okay or that everything's all right with me or that you're prayed up or you're in the Bible or that you are making sure that you're doing all of these things. The scriptures tell us that the way that we exercise our faith is not just the input, but the output. And so it's not just my spiritual health that is on the ropes here. What's also in play is the fact that my spiritual, my spiritual walk or the impact that God has made on me has to rub off on others. That's why you see the three generations here. Not just on you, but your sons and your daughters and your grandkids. It's got to impact all of us in a, in a real and a personal way. And so that's why verse 7 is so very, very important. And so, hear, O Israel, uh, or, uh, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command to you to do today shall be on your heart. It's personal. Step one. Step number two, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. Your job as a parent is to take the scriptures and to teach them diligently to your children. They're not going to just get the word of God by osmosis. They are not going to get God's word only by the programming that we have here in the church. God's word needs to be transferred to your children by whom? Say, by me. And so when Moses comes down off the mountain with the commandments of God himself, he, makes, he says these things are not to be stuck in time and place. These things have to be transferred and transferred not only from literally tablets of stone into your own heart, but out of your heart 
into other people. And so you are to teach them diligently to your children over and over and over. There has to be some type of formalization to, your, to, to this exercise. You're going to have to get out a syllabus. And you're going to have to teach them. There's going to have to be a glossary of terms. You're going to have to get out some like technical things where there's like fill in the blanks or multiple choice or I don't know how you're going to do it. But you're going to have to say, okay, this is what is important for my kids to know. And it's my responsibility to transfer that to our kids. The character of God, it's my job to tell them that God created everything, that he is so loving that he gave his only son, that the sin that separates us from, from everything that God has built a bridge to, I mean, that's for you to give to your kids over and over and over. And it has to be formal, like for you to teach them diligent. The word for diligent here is sharp or piercing. That means you're going to have to go with precision to teach them the, the ways of God, and that scares us to death, right? And however, today is not about like shaming. It's just about ownership for us to walk away this morning and say, to say, the primary job for me is to hand God's word over to my children. And that first starts with the word teach, and I'm to teach them, and I'm going to do it in a precise way. And the second thing that we're going to do is a second T, luckily. So not only am I going to teach them, verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children, but then you shall talk of them. So this is more casual. This, this is less precise. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and, you, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so not only are you supposed to put them in a classroom and like, okay, class, this is the word of God, but it needs to be casual. Not only teach, but it tells us that we to be casual and talk about the word of God to our children. So don't get stuck in formalization. But you actually have to not just talk the talk, you've heard this, but you actually have to walk the walk. And so I love the descriptions here that the frontlets of your eyes are on your hands or under the doorpost. But there, the, the great thing about this is, is that there is this casual, ongoing nature to these scriptures. And you shall teach them, right, uh, diligently to your children. But then it says, and then you shall talk of them when, or another phrase is, as you uh, as you sit in your house, or when, or as you walk on the way, or as you lie down, over and over and over, what our, what our kids need is not just this formal instruction of, of Scripture, but see it making an impact on real life. Do you see that flower, little one? Do you see the petals and the beauty there? Where did it come from? And you just start opening up about God's character and nature. You also just like lift him up and diligently like just continue to, as you are living real life, you continue to point to the Lord and give him credit. And not only are you giving him credit, but you're like looking at each one of them and pointing out that you are made in God's image and likeness and you are precious to him. And he has uniquely made you for you. And as parents, that's our job is to walk and to talk and to give away God's word in a relational way. And so parents, we need to know our Bibles. 
We got to have it internally, and it's got to be personal. We then have to be a little strict and a little formal and just give away the A's and the B's and the C's of the scriptures to our kids. We need to do a formal, a diligent process where you're just saying, hey, we may need to memorize some things. But of the passage, there's three parts, right? There's the personal part, you know, the formal part, and just this, this, this casual talking part. And guess which part is the longest and the most descriptive? It's the casual part. As you walk and as you sit and as you lie down, as, as you go under the doorpost and as you go through the gates and you bind them under the eyes or on your hands, he's giving you examples of how you are to live your life and it's almost twice as long as the other, uh, the other two passages. Meaning that the impact that you are gonna have on your kids, the most impact is for them to see the gospel truths lived out in your life and pointed out by them. What they need to hear, what they need to listen, listen, listen. What they need to hear is the living word of God through your vocal cords. They need to hear your inflection and they need to hear your accent. What they need is to hear how you interpret the scriptures and they need to understand that this living word has made an impact on you in such a grand way that they're sucked up into this. On Mother's Day, this is significant because that's exactly what happened to a boy named Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, it tells us that Timothy was discipled by his grandmother and his mother. And it says here, it says, I am reminded that your sincere faith, this real, this living faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And so it makes an impact. Your voice, your interpretation of the scriptures will help your kids understand all of life. The number one job of a parent, our first priority, our only priority, is to be the key, the primary disciple makers of our children. I have a fear that moms and dads are making sure that our kids eat really, really well. And so they're super nutritious and they're super like they're, they're, they're those types of things. And so we're spending a ton of energy and effort making sure that we give them the very best of what we've got. Awesome. Or the fact that our kids are as academic as they can be. So it's not maybe just nutritious effort, but also educational effort where we lean in and we make sure that the, the, the world, the, the possibilities are endless. And we make sure they're in the right schools and the right time and the homeworks are, and you're putting forth tons of effort toward their education. Amazing. So you're, they're nutritious and they're smart, they're educated or athletic. And you're spending your energy and your effort, right? Running to and fro like, like crazy town. And you're making sure that your kids have every kind of opportunity possible athletically. However, parents, if they are nutritious and if they are educated or if they are athletic, that means nothing in the kingdom of God. What they need are parents who love God's word and let it overflow into their lives so that this, this 
what Paul says is that the fan, that there will be a flame that will fan in their heart that will never go out and that belongs to us. And so we can do this because we should do this. But we shouldn't do it out of guilt. We should do it out of this idea that it will go well with you. That there is true blessings when we impart this knowledge of God to the next generation. There's 138 children under the age of 15 at Redstone Church. They literally outnumber us. We have a great responsibility. We can no longer pass the buck on other people. We have to own it. And so we want you to walk away with this conviction that it is my job to disciple my kids. And the way I do that is through a personal relationship with Jesus, a formal instruction of God's word, and a casual, talkative, chatty Kathy where the, just the, the, the ceilings open up by the grandeur of God and the worth, the dignity that God has placed on them. And that's a commission. That's worth doing and that's worth giving your life for. Ask Timothy. Ask Timothy. We know nothing about Lois or Eunice. Nothing. But we know that Timothy, an elder of Jesus' church, entrusted by Paul, changed the world. That's the types of kids we want to raise. Great commission type kids that see discipleship as the best use of all of their time. Let me pray for us. And so Jesus Christ, I pray now for parents. I pray for us. That one, for once, that the God that we have been shaken because we have spent our energy and effort in other places. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for trying and exercising so much energy and effort outside of this great call for our lives. And yet, in that same way, Lord, give us a hope Give us a future. Give us a, just a vision for our parenting. A glorious vision that's full of blessing and promise that we may not even see the blessings and the promises of our grandkids because we're just continuing to give God's word away to them. And so number one, Lord, we gotta believe that this is our primary call. And number two, if we believe it, God, and we're not doing it, Jesus, we're going to have to ask for forgiveness. But Jesus, in that same vein, we need to step into that call and step in and begin to give away God's word on a daily basis. And so Jesus Christ, encourage us now. Convict us now underneath this teaching. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.